Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I am Matt Williamson. At Williamson NFL is the Twitter handle. Drop me a line there anytime. This is Power Rankings Wednesday. As always, every Wednesday we go 32 to 1. little nugget on each team. And I want some feedback from you. We did something a little different last night. Uh, I had the our Locked On Seahawks guy, Vincent... Uh, Verhey, I always pronounce his name wrong, I apologize, he said everybody does, but still I feel bad. But he's excellent, he's worked for Football Outsiders for a long time, very familiar with his work, and now he's part of the Locked On Network for the Seahawks, and I urge you to check out, out the rest of the Locked On uh, Network, you know, as we go over every team, if you want to hear more about a specific team, go to Locked On Browns, Locked On Bears, whatever you want. Uh, but anyways, Vince and I had a chat, he's a first ever guest on my pod, um, and we just kind of did a state of the Seahawks uh, conversation. Started quarterback, went running back, wide receiver, and just kind of talked about where Seattle is right now. Um, obviously, a lot of that is favorable and very high on them. And we won't be talking about them for quite a while today because they are quite high up here. Brownies are still at 32, always have been. Oh, man. Now, Terrell Pryor's fighting a hammy. Who knows if he's going to start this week. Um on defense, they have a lot of problems. Uh, teams are running the ball a lot against the Browns. There's going to be some stats that I went over for this this pod that will be a lot of the, the same ones. But um, average rushing attempts per game is one that I looked at. And the Browns are near the bottom of the list. I mean, that's obviously a bad sign if teams are running the ball on you. A, a high number of carries per game. Uh, They also, on defense, are very poor in yards per attempt passing as well. So teams are running on them often, which means they're moving the football, and they're throwing deep on them. (laughs) So that's horrible. Uh, The Niners are at 31. They have some really terrible stats, too, in terms of they're by far the worst defensive rush average player per game, you know, in terms of how many carries opponents are getting per game, they're by far the worst in the league, which means your defense is out there just getting pummeled, and it's really rough. On offense, they have the second most rushing attempts per game, but they have the worst uh, yards per attempt through the air, too. So, uh, you know, it kind of says everything you need to know about the Niners. The passing game isn't there. They're still running with the volume, but not super effectively defenses on the field far too much uh, and, and just taking a lot of carries too which is bad we get the Jets at 30 it comes out just recently Eric Decker might not be ready for the start of the 17th season and they have some terrible stats too that I'm not going to get into most of them are well on both sides of the ball but defensively I think it's blow it up time for the Jets I mean I think that Jason at overthecap.com, you got to check him out. He knows his stuff. You know, he, he tweeted out some things during the game about if you cut 
Mangold, Marshall, Revis, Harris. Just think of all the older, high-priced dudes on that team. A lot of them could go, and it's blow-it-up time. you know. And then you give the reins to Petty or Hackenberg or a draft choice or Cutler for a year until they're ready or something along those lines and go with a big, big youth movement. I think that's the case. I think it's what it's come to with New York. I got the Colts at 29. Um, that might be a little unfair, but there's a bunch here. There's a handful of teams I think are pretty similar in terms of where I would rank them. A couple notes about them is they're they're just horrible on defense. I mean, one of the absolute worst defenses in the league. Um, that's hard to get around. But they are great on special teams. And I mentioned, you know, Vince from the Seahawks, Locked on Seahawks. I go to the DVOA sections on Football Outsiders. They come out usually every Tuesday, I think, um, and, and really look at their special teams ranks. I don't have time to watch special teams films. I'm only one person. I'm not going to watch kicks and punts. Um, so I trust them. They have a column, and I, I urge you to check it out for their DVOA about who are the best and worst special teams teams in the league. And, and I'm big on these stats now because we're far enough into the season that I think things aren't fluky. It's not like, boy, they had one good game, and you know it skews everything so so heavy one way or the other. There's enough of a sample size. Every team's played five or six games, play some good teams, play some bad teams, that they're starting to level out, and you're starting to be able to use stats team stats to figure out you know what exactly these teams are and I'm not the biggest stat guy in the world but they are useful there's no question about that I got the Bucks at 28 uh, Vincent Jackson goes to IR not that he's tremendous but they're really light at receiver they, they need to use an early pick or a free agent money on a receiver next year Adam Humphrey I guess Humphreys will be the two um and to say, you know, it says a lot about their defense, too. They're awful in terms of yards per passing attempt allowed, too. And that makes a lot of sense considering the status of their secondary. Um, it's hard to win that way, to say the least. The Bears are 27. And the more I think about it, they should probably be higher. I'm probably being a little unfair to Chicago. Thursday night football. They're playing the Packers, who are without their top three corners. Interesting to see how that goes. Hoyer, Alshon, you know, just the whole passing attack in general, I think can do pretty well. Um, they are the fewest rushes per game, though. That surprised me. That absolutely surprised me. Um, second in completions, though. So, Mike Lombardi talks about it a lot on the Bill Simmons podcast, that if you add up an offense's or defense, I guess. If you add up an offense's number of rushes per game plus their completions per game is a very, very strong indicator. And he didn't come up with this, but he talks about it a lot. He's very he's very good at what he does. It's a very strong indicator of the efficiency and effectiveness of an offense. Or the opposite is true, obviously, with the defense. Where the Bears, very few rushes per game but a lot of completions. And I'm not sure that I saw that coming before I looked at it. That, you know, that they're not, they don't come across as that type of team. I got Miami at 26 after a big win, but they are losing one of their best players for the year, Rashad Jones, with a shoulder injury. That's a big deal. One of the top safeties in the league. They have the fewest rushes per game, which makes sense. And if, if it wasn't for the Steeler game this past weekend, they're by far the lowest. You know, so they have, maybe they're turning the corner on that. I mean, uh, most recency, um, you can say, boy, they're at least as encouraging. 
Um, and they're horrible in defensive rushes allowed per game, too. You know, so they're on the field a lot. But those go hand in hand. You know, if you're losing in your defense on the field a lot, you're going to allow a lot of, of rushing attempts at you. Hopefully they're turning the corner by, you know, with Ajayi and an improved and healthy offensive line. Texans at 25, and this might be a little generous. You know, maybe the Bears are a better team than the Texans. Maybe Miami's a better team than the Texans. Horrible on special teams. It's something that's not talked about very much. They're terrible on offense, but they're horrible on special teams. Um, Bad at yards per attempt. Bad at defensive rushing per game, too. Rushes per game. So, there's a lot of problems with Houston right now, and the stats show it. The Saints, some good news. This is their first-round pick. Sheldon Rankins is starting to practice. So, uh, that that's a encouraging sign. They absolutely need him. Want to see what he can do. I, I don't know that he'll be a different. I don't know if he's going to be Joey Bosa coming back, you know, and make be a huge difference maker, but at least get half a season, hopefully, uh, of snaps under his belt and, and start to build this defense for next year in some way. High completion numbers on offense, as you would expect. But low rushing numbers, too. I mean, I think that they could stand to run the ball a little more. They're so breeze-dependent right now. Not, not That's not, you know, super shocking, obviously. But um, I got Jacksonville at 23. Won two in a row. Not against the greatest competition, but... One of the one of the, they're still one of the worst offenses in the league, and they've only run the ball in one game at all effectively. They have the second fewest rushes, rushing attempts per game, which might be a little bit of play calling the adjustment they need to make. I understand they don't run the ball well, but it's not like they've been getting blown out every game and have had to throw. They need to establish some sort of running game, and I still believe Yeldon is a very good running back, but we're not seeing it, and the the line isn't there. Panthers at 22, probably the most disappointing team in the league. They have already been swept by their the NFC South. You know, that's a terrible situation <laughs> you know, for tiebreakers or anything like that or any chance of getting to the postseason. And I'm starting to think that that postseason has pretty much sailed, and I kind of thought that after the Monday night loss to Tampa Bay. These two, they're also really bad on special teams, too, you know, by Football Outsiders numbers. Um bad on defense in yards per attempt too and that you know lends itself to a bad secondary yards per passing attempt a very bad secondary yeah i mean all these things add up again sometimes you can find a lot out about a team just by checking some of these stats and you know none of these are shocking like oh boy i can't believe that the panthers are allowing a lot of yards per attempt and you know that's what that's what's, what's what you're seeing on the field the lions great on special teams all right. I didn't really know that. It didn't stand out to me, um, but that's encouraging. I think they are a well-coached team. I really like their offense, but they're dreadful on defense, and a lot of it's injury-related. Um, but, man, they're also really bad with the yards allowed per attempt, too, through the air. Uh, I absolutely think you can run on them. Uh, the The Lions have big defensive problems. And I look at their offseason and think, I'd like to see more Dwayne Washington, but he's a shot in the dark. I look at the Lions and think, if they could add a power back, 230-pound pile mover, second-round pick, Jordan Howard type even. You know, he doesn't have to be Todd Gurley. And the rest of the offseason is dedicated to the defense, get a little healthier. 
now we're talking. You know, I mean, I don't think that's that much to ask from a, an offseason is a heavy, heavy defensive offseason and pick up a runner in the third round or something along those lines. The Rams at 20 have their runner. Um, and they have a receiver I wanted to talk about. That's Kenny Britt. He's really having a good year. And he's always been a talented guy. Came in the league extremely young for his age, somewhat troubled. Um, and he's been up and down through his career. He's been on some bad teams. But he's having a whale of a season. And it's somebody to talk about. And at least it's an encouraging sign for this Rams offense that has a lot of problems. Bengals at 19. This might be a little rough on them because they have faced a very tough schedule, but they haven't looked very good against some top teams. Uh, the note with them is Vontae Burf- Vonte is perfect. It was fined $75,000 for a cheap shot uh, this past weekend. And this isn't the Steeler fan in me. This is the NFL analyst in me. I think he's the dirtiest player in the league. And, you know, my roots are Mel Blunt and Jack Lambert and, you know, and I have respect for the Jack Tatums of the world, but you don't get away with that stuff anymore. And he hurts his team a lot. And I think he, more than any player in the league, intentionally tries to injure his opponent. And I have a real problem with that. He also isn't playing well. Um, at some point, most teams I don't think would have anything to do with the guy, but I think at some point his usefulness will... Uh, will wane quickly and his act will wear thin. We are brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. I've told you guys a lot about SeatGeek and I've told you a bunch about how my buddies now all use it uh, because I promoted it. They use our promo code, which is LO, locked on, NFL, L-O-N-F-L. And they use it when they go down to the Steeler games, like I told you. I mean, they go down, they tailgate, they party it up. Um, they set their... Uh, their phones to get alerts whenever a seat becomes available. If it does at the price they want, at the right seat they want, they go into the game and they show their their phone right to the, the guy taking tickets and boom, you're in at your price, at your seat. If it doesn't happen, they just go down to a local watering hole and watch the game there. So it's a phenomenal, um, phenomenal situation, really. Uh, with SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. So they have a wide variety that they go and look for. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you at the lowest available price, which is the beauty of it. I mean, that's, that's they're doing the work for you. And SeatGeek wants, you, wants to help you get the most to bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is driven and uh, given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee, which is nice. So you can shop for tickets SeatGeek with confidence. To get your $20 rebate, download the SeatGeek app. I would imagine a lot of you guys have already done that. Go to the setting tabs and click add promo code. Enter promo code CODE, which is L-O-N-F-L. SeatGeek will send you 20 bucks after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download, download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LONFL today. It's great stuff. They've been a very much a friend of the podcast. Like I said, it's the uh, my, my buddies are really into it and using it quite a bit. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the football games. You want to see close up in person this season, like my friends do. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for great value. 
So check that out. Let's start with the Giants at 18. I don't have a lot to talk about with them, uh, except their offense averages the fewest rushing attempts per game. That's rough, man. If you can't consistently hand the ball to a guy, a running back, and get positive yardage and be able to rely on that, it's hard to be good in this league. And they seem to go as Odell goes. And Odell's a bit of a roller coaster, mostly ups. But without that running game, that really worries me for the Giants. Um, I got the Titans at 17. Remember last week at 20, I mentioned, is that going to be their high watermark? And this might be inflating them a little bit, but... I moved them up to 17. I think they're playing pretty well. They might win that division. It's crazy. Um, Kendrell Wright coming back, I think, has been big for them. We've talked about how slow and lack of big play explosion they ha- they are on offense. He at least brings some of that and some consistency. Um, Sharp is not a number one. I'm not suggesting Wright is either, but Andre Johnson doesn't need to be getting you know, touches. Wright's a decent player. I mean, he's somebody to sort of help kickstart this running game, or this passing game. We'll see. Uh, a note with them, too, is they are horrible on special teams, and I didn't realize that either, and it's something to keep an eye out. The Ravens, I got a lot of notes for them, and statistically speaking. It, they're the 16th-ranked team. They're a really good defense, first of all. Um, they run the most offensive plays per game of any offense in the league, and they have the most completions in the league. I didn't notice that. You know, that that surprises me. I mean, I didn't think they'd be at the bottom, but they run the mo- they run more offensive plays than anybody else in the league. Um, fewest rushing attempts per game, though. That's surprising. Uh, not surprising, but uh, on defense, I mean, that they allow the fewest rushing attempts because they're always in close games. That's why I say that is you would think the opponent should be able to run the ball or stick with the run. But the Ravens are always in close games. Um, but they also have the worst yards per attempt on offense, which is surprising too because Flacco's a big-arm guy. Wallace, you would think they go deep a lot. So there's some odd stats there with the Ravens, and I'm not sure they quite add up as much, but I want to look more into that. I got the Eagles at 15. I think they're really coming back to earth. Um, I don't have a lot of stats on them except for they're they're very good in uh, rushes per game on defense. Teams don't run a lot of running plays against the Eagles' defense, so you know that's easier on the defense, obviously. But they struggled against Matt Jones this past week, without question. Um, I like the Eagles' defense a lot, but I think the offense is coming back to earth, and the right tackle situation is glaring. Man, I got the Raiders at 14. A lot of penalties. Didn't play well this past week. The awful on defense in yards per passing attempt. And some of that, I think, is a little fluky because of week one. You know, Brandon Cooks busts a 90-some yarder. But, I mean, there's no getting around it. I mean, their defense needs to be a lot better. Khalil Mack isn't a wrecking machine right now. Um, there's a lot of moving parts here, a lot of new bodies, but that can't be an excuse anymore. And they need more from Mac. The whole defense in general is letting them down. And I would say that's probably the worst David Carr has played this year as well against Kansas City in the slop. Got the Chargers at 13. We got quite a run here of uh, AFC West teams, and you could kind of throw them all in a hat. 
Um, Rivers is playing amazing. This shouldn't surprise you either. The, the, the Chargers offense is very good in their yards per attempt passing. You know, Rivers doesn't surprise me at all. You know, he's so precise, run after the catch, even the short throws. He's, he, he allows his receivers to do a lot with. They say, certainly take their shots. Rivers is a stud. You guys know I'm smitten with him right now. Chiefs, I don't have a whole lot to talk about. Um, I do want to bring up D. Ford. We talked about him before. He's coming off a very good game, abusing a very poor right tackle situation for the Raiders. They very much missed that edge presence without Justin Houston. Former first-round pick, D. Ford, if he is ready to turn some kind of corner or break out or whatever cliche you want to use, that would be gigantic for this team. Coming off a bye, um, keep an eye out there. Washington at 11. They're playing well. they got a really tough schedule coming up. But a huge re- I just wrote an article about them, too, of reasons why they've improved. Check my timeline for that. It probably comes out tomorrow. Uh, and a huge reason for it is the offensive line. You know, center's been a huge problem there. It isn't as big a, cent- a problem now. The guards are pretty good. You know, Brandon Schreff is really playing well. Uh, Morgan Moses has turned into a quality right tackle. Trent Williams is a utter stud at left tackle. So this is a physical, powerful offensive line that's kind of putting the team on their back to collectively without Jordan Reed, making Cousins' life easier, certainly making the running game a lot easier. And, you know, that travels. You know, I mentioned they have a tough, a tough schedule coming up, but uh, you play great in the trenches on the O-line. You're, you're, in, you know, you're in business. But I got the Bills at 10. Second worst completion per attempt. Um, the Bills, and what I mean by that is their their completions are down. You know, they're a heavy running team. I mentioned the rushing attempts plus completions number. Well, Buffalo's really were really struggling in the completions number. You know, knowing their formula, that's not a that's not a big shock. Um, something that they obviously could work on help to control the game even more. But they're a big play offense in some ways on offense, or in the passing game, and they're sort of a hard thing to wrap your head around or to, to get a bead on, too. There's not a lot of rhythm in, to, the, to the passing game. Speaking of passing games, I got the Steelers at 9. Maybe they belong lower, a lot lower. Um, the news just came out, and I didn't adjust these since they got the news that Ben is expected to be out four to six weeks. I've seen this guy, though. It still wouldn't shock me if he's back in two or three. It just seems like this. we have the same story almost every year. He always comes back earlier than expected. and um, I think they're going to get walloped by the Patriots. Then they go to their bye and lick their wounds a little bit. Hopefully, Roethlisberger comes back earlier than later. And they get hot at the end of the season, which is very possible. Uh, very up and down, obviously. Uh, the Cardinals at eight. I'm a believer. They could still keep skyrocketing up this list up to the top. Are they an elite defense? I don't know, but they're excellent. Their they're yards, uh, they're, their defense in general is humming right now. Chandler Jones, the pass rush is there. Uh, Tyron Matthew is stepping up too and, and looks healthier. Still probably has a little ways to go. Uh, Peterson is a big-time great corner, obviously. 
And as you would imagine with Arizona, their defensive yards per attempt uh, through the air is exceptional too. You know, and a lot of that has a good, great pass rush, developing secondary. Same is true for the Broncos at seven. No shock there. Uh, their defensive yards per attempt uh, in the passing game are very, very good. Let's talk about the Packers, though, at six. And the more I think about it, the Packers should probably be low. The Packers, let's just make that change. The Packers are going to go to eight. I'm going to put the Cardinals at six and the Broncos at seven. I think Arizona is a better team than the Packers right now. They're without their three top corners, like I mentioned. Lacey probably isn't going to play on Thursday. Ty Montgomery is going to play a lot of running back. <laughs> it's crazy talk. Um, I, I don't think that goes especially well. Um, they trade for now Davis, who I don't think is a very good player, but he's big and fast. And you're just going to insert him in the lineup, boom, you're starting running back. Or is it just going to be Rodgers in the shotgun all day against the Bears, throwing it all over the place, which I think is probably the more likely scenario, but there's some bad things going on right now with the Packers, including Rodgers, who we've talked about. Uh, I think you draw a line here, these top five teams. I got the Cowboys at five. Uh, Third highest yards per attempt, though, on offense passing. That surprised me a little bit. I mean, you think about them being a dink and dunk type of team, but they'll drive the ball down the field and some good yards after, after, uh, after the catch as well. Um, great defense. Third best defense in terms of rushing average attempts per game too. So we know that they run the ball a ton. But teams don't run the ball on Dallas a lot. Which I find interesting too. Is They have a hard time beating Dallas at their own game. And playing takeaway. And running the ball against Dallas's defense a high number of times. And Dallas's defense against the runs a little better than you think. I mean, they don't have a lot of stars, obviously, on that defensive line. And I think that'll be the area that they look at the most this offseason. Um, but they're doing a good, really good job of playing their brand of football, that's for sure. As are the Vikes, I have them at four. Um, best defense in yards per attempt in the league. That shouldn't surprise anyone. Uh, passing, that is. Second second best in terms of rushing attempts per game allowed, too. Again, I mean, it's just an awesome defense. All their stats on defense are going to be through the roof. Uh, nobody moves the ball on them, and they don't make big plays on them. Enough said. I mean, I don't think we need the stats to figure that out. That's why, that's why Minnesota is a top-five team right now. Uh, we got Atlanta at three. And... I don't think they were as close to beating Seattle as others do. You know, the more you watch that tape, and you, you know they had a, a couple coverage busts from Seattle. Michael Bennett went out of the game; that was huge. Um, but you know they, they hung in Seattle against a heavyweight team. Uh, they have by far the highest yards per attempt on offense passing the football. And they've had some big plays. You know, Julio goes for three hundred that day. But they're driving the ball down the field again. Really good yards after the catch. The, the passing game is clearly humming, uh, by far the highest, though. I mean, so that that was uh, interesting to me. I got Seattle at two. Nothing really to talk about with them. You need to go watch, go listen to last night's Locked On, um, and, and it's all about the Seahawks. If you want to hear more Seahawks, uh, that's where you get it. But they are at number two, and I can make the case for them to be at one. Where the Patriots remain, they've been at one the entire season. Um, Gronk is healthy. That's huge. 
They have the third most rushing attempts per game. I think that'll change. I mean, that's a little bit of a mirage because Brady was out. I mean, now they're going to throw a lot more, I would imagine. But they also have the second highest yards per attempt, too. And Brady's on hasn't played that long. You know, but it's a quick hitting passing game, and yards after the catch are obviously crucial here. Uh, they're they're really good. I don't know what else to really say about the Patriots. I mean, and I think they go into Pittsburgh, win big, as I mentioned in the Steelers section. And I I know it's really early, but I don't know who derails New England in the AFC. And uh, the NFC is a lot more crowded, a lot more competitive. But I think Seattle and New England are my picks right now. And they were my preseason picks, and I'm feeling very confident about it, especially the Patriots, just because the AFC does not offer a lot of resistance. Well, that's going to do it. Tomorrow is Twitter Thursday. Get your Twitter questions to me. I'm at Williamson NFL. We will preview the game. We did talk a little bit of Bears and Packers already. And then Friday we'll make all our picks. So, fantastic. Take care. This was fun. Hi, I'm Paul. Verizon has been placing giant letters all over the country to get people to buy into their unlimited plan. Don't get hooked. Switch to Sprint Unlimited, $22.50 per month per line for four lines and get the fifth line free. Hurry to your local Sprint store, visit Sprint.com slash unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Savings until 1031.18 per line per month for five lines without a pay. Excludes taxes, surcharges, roaming streams, you don't KHC 1080p, music to 1.5 megabits per second, gaming up to 8 megabits per second, subject to credit, $30 activation fee, prohibited network, your and data deprioritization apply compared to Verizon Beyond Unlimited. Carry features differ, coverage and offer not everywhere restrictions apply.